morning. We got to give we got to give Father Ronnie something. So as an act of penance, he has to listen to my sermon because he he's playing hooky today. So now hopefully they're having a great time and. I have um, just finished reading two books, both about the life of Paul. Um, the second, the first one was just kind of a novel. It was just kind of fun to read. The second one was a pretty heavy book. But I have to say, in all of my years, I never really realized just what an incredible man Paul was. Um, and I hope to, for just a few minutes today, kind of take a step back and look at the world that Paul found himself in, and not the world that the early church found themselves in, and that we can see some real parallels today in our own world. Um, as Solomon once wrote, there's nothing new under the sun. Amen. So let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word and for the truth that you give us. We pray, Lord, that it would change our lives, that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts whatever it is that we need to hear. Because each and, us, each and every one of us comes from a different place and a different moment in our lives. And so help us, Lord to receive what it is that you have for us. That we might be like your Apostle Paul. That we might be a people of faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul was kind of a man in the middle. Um, a lot of people don't. I mean, I've, I've actually read some things that said that Really, Paul was kind of a, a disgruntled Jewish man, and so therefore he took Jesus' life and kind of started this new religion. Um, that really doesn't keep at all with what Paul wrote or what he had to say. Paul was fully Jewish. Um, from his birth <laughs> until the Lord called him home. And he found himself in a world that was not as different from ours as we might think. For there were different groups that had different ideas. And I want to look at two of those groups today and look at the scripture. We will spend probably, we'll look at actually all of the scripture readings for today. But we're going to really kind of, Philippians is going to be our anchor this morning. The first world was the Roman pagan world. And I think nowadays we kind of use, we throw that term pagan around as a pejorative, but it wasn't really a pejorative then. Most of the world was pagan. And what paganism believed, they saw the world as just being chaotic. And in a sense, kind of evil. All the material, what they had hoped some days that they could kind of escape all, is it was actually a violent world. Um, if we look at Roman history at all, <laughs> it 
it, one of the things we could say about it, it was violent. In fact, the quote Roman peace or the Pax Romana, which was the, which was the thing in that day, was nothing more than an extremely heavy-handed government that basically said, if you don't stay in line, here's what we're going to do to you. That's what crucifixion was all about. And in that, I guess they did bring about a sort of peace, which probably wasn't horrible, horrible if you were a citizen, but if you weren't a citizen, it probably wasn't a very good uh, system to live under at all. So, pagans saw the universe as being chaotic. St. Augustine, in his book, The City of God, actually, this is his indictment against paganism. You see, because they saw the world as just always having been broken, always being chaotic, never having rhyme or reason, no right or wrong, no truth. It was an endless power struggle. I mean, you see it with the Caesars. I don't know how many of them were actually assassinated, but a number of them were. Everything from poisoning to being executed right on the Senate floor, right? So we think, we think our politicians have issues. All we have to do is step back a little bit, right? And the struggle was the people really didn't know what was going to happen because the next emperor might even be worse than the current one. In fact, Paul dies right around the time of Nero, who was one of the worst emperors in terms of persecuting the church. Um, and most historians believe he was pretty much crazy. St. Augustine said that Christianity in comparison, and even Judaism in comparison to the pagan world, saw God's, saw the world as actually a place of order. And that creation was a good thing, but fallen because of man's decisions. Where we really get the whole doctrine of sin. Right? We get that doctrine of sin. That sin came into the world through Adam and Eve. And therefore, we are sinful. We inherited that nature. And the world inherited that brokenness. But it was not how God created the world. And that God is in the process of restoring the world. So vastly different view of the world. And I think you even see that today. Some of the power struggles you see going on in our society today are really people just trying to take power, move power from one group that they perceive has power and move it to another group. And so I think in some ways um, that view is not that different. Now in our reading this morning, um, in verses 18 and 19, Paul says... Sorry... For as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. And possibly Paul may have been talking about actually people that were in the church that had really never let go of these pagan ideas. Okay? Because just as it was brutal, the Romans lived for pleasure. 
And a lot of times those two things went together, right? That's how we got the whole gladiatorial games, right? And I mean, we could, we could go on talking for hours about the decadence of Rome, and don't we see some of that in our own society? Sometimes even in the church. And as I said, Paul was kind of a man in the middle. And so on one side, we had this pagan world, this Roman world. On the other hand, we had the Jewish world. The Jewish world. And we agreed and said that Paul was Jewish. That's what he was born as a Jew. He was taught. He was an educated man. Educated as a Jew. All right, and he even says, you know, at one point he says, "I was, I was the man when it came to being a Jew." Right? All of the, I met all of the markers. I did all of the things, and that's the religious world. But there's a problem, isn't there? Isaiah speaks of it a little bit this morning when he talks about this whole idea of grapes, right? And we're going to get this picture in Psalm today and Isaiah and all the way into the gospel of this vineyard. And who is the vineyard? Well, the vineyard is the Jewish people. If we remember all the way from Jewish history, God gave them the promised land. In fact, he let them come into a land that had already been cultivated. There were already houses there. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a wilderness like they had been in the desert. He brought them, Scripture says, to a place they didn't even have to work for. It's like God set this thing up for them. This picture of he set up the wine press and dug the, the, uh, built the wall and did all of those things. And yet, Isaiah says, they, didn't, they yielded sour grapes. Now, when I was a kid, I come from kind of grape country in California, Northern California. And um, I can remember a while, my dad had grapes in the backyard, and they were always sweet and wonderful. But sometimes we'd go hiking, and we'd find wild grapes. Now, they were real small, and you could not even eat them, okay? They were absolutely bitter, and that's kind of the picture that Isaiah gives, right, of these wild, uncultivated grapes, that the fruit is bitter. And how is it bitter? Isaiah says, and he's talking about God's people... Instead of justice, there was bloodshed. And instead of righteousness, there were cries of distress. Or an outcry, I think, is the version that we read this morning. And so, God provided for Israel all of this stuff, but what did He want for them, from them? He wanted them to represent Him to the whole world. So that they might know what God is really like. And the sad thing is, and even in the church today, we can become closed in on ourselves. And we can begin to think that it's really about our righteousness, right? And our good deeds. Jesus points to this whole thing again. The vineyard in the gospel today is about the promised land that the people entered into. And the servants that are abused, some of them stoned, some of them thrown out, some of them even killed, are the prophets, like Isaiah, who God has sent over and over again to his people to remind them what it is he's called them to, to be a people of faith, trusting and believing in him, and to show the world 
the difference. The problem was, many, many times, especially if you look at this period of time in the Roman Empire, the Jews just saw themselves as, as citizens of their own little king that had nothing to do with the Romans. Okay? Um, and it was a brutal time. I mean, there were fights within Judaism. If you look at Jerusalem during this period of time, different Jewish sects would fight amongst one another, even to the point of death. Instead of justice, bloodshed. And instead of righteousness, cries of distress. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. You see, our citizenship is in heaven. And we are eagerly awaiting a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Paul is presenting to the world and to the church a different citizenship. Not a Roman citizenship. And that, for the Rome, that was everything in that world. I mean, you labored to become a Roman citizen. In fact, the church that he writes to in Philippi is actually a Roman colony made up of mostly retired soldiers. Because the Romans really didn't want all of, they had a lot of soldiers, right, to, for all of their conquests. Think about how far the Roman Empire grew. The problem was, is they really didn't want all these soldiers returning to Rome. They wanted them to stay other places, right? Outside, one, they could help keep that order. But they also knew that that could lead to insurrection, right? If we have a whole bunch of these soldiers all coming back to Rome. And so many of the colonies that were planted actually were a place for these ex-soldiers to live. And if you served 21 years in the Roman army, you became a citizen. It didn't really matter where you came from, you became a citizen. So there were a few ways that you could become a citizen. On the other hand, were the religious, the Jews, who saw themselves completely separate from the Romans. In fact, they called the Gentiles dogs. And instead of being a testimony to them of God's mercy and love, they sat as judge and jury. In fact, after the Gospel today, it says that the Pharisees realized that Jesus was talking about them. Right? They got upset about it instead of, just like the prophets before, Instead of hearing and receiving it, right? When the, when the vineyard owner sends his son, what do they do? They kill him. Okay? Paul presents to us a new way. Citizens not of a pagan world and its passions, and not even of the religious world and its attempts to please God but a people who knows its brokenness and need of a Savior. In verse 12, before Paul talks about this whole new citizenship, he says this, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already been made perfect, 
but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So how can Paul, a few verses later, says, imitate me? If he says he's not attained all of this. Because what Paul is really saying is, it's not about us. Yes, the pagan world is wrong. They're chasing after all kinds of broken things. They're, they're in this endless power struggle, just like we see going on in our own world today. And the religious, they're counting on themselves. They believe they can do enough good things. They can keep the law well enough. And they believe that they're not to have anything to do with anyone else. And I'm presenting to you a new way. A way that says, I'm broken and I'm a sinner. And it's only when I cry out for God's mercy that I can ever know freedom and I believe that is what he is calling people to imitate. In fact, he even says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. So for the Jew, that was forgetting our righteousness found in the law. Paul is going to talk about in some of his other writings. For the pagan, that's forgetting our citizenship in Rome, right? And all of the promises that that has. And it's finding ourselves as citizens of a whole new kingdom. It's the reason that Jesus will tell the Pharisees, prostitutes and tax collectors are entering the kingdom ahead of you. Because it's only when we realize our own brokenness and our need for a savior that we enter this citizenship. And... When we realize our own brokenness and our need for a Savior, there is no longer Jew nor Greek, male nor female. Societal barriers begin to fall away. Now, sadly, the church has not always done well with this. Sadly, sometimes we step back into our religious mode, right? And we begin to be like the Jews that Paul knew so well, judge and jury instead of a royal priesthood that brings to the world the promise of salvation, the promise found only in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I have no idea how 2020 is going to end. It's been a pretty crazy year up to this point. We only have a couple months left. And we're assured that at least the next month is going to be crazy, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. We are citizens of another kingdom. Whatever happens in this world, no matter what, if our faith rests in Christ Jesus we are citizens of a kingdom that is coming, ever coming, until he returns. Martin Luther King Jr. once wrote that he believed that the long arc of history bends towards justice. The reason that he could say that is because he was a Christian. 
And he believed that God was working in all things to bring justice. He also said that he believed that the church was not the master nor the servant of the state, but its conscience. You see, we are representatives. We are that priesthood that God has always called his people to be. But we too sometimes can err on either side, right? We can have our foot too much in that Roman citizenship, right? We can we call, some people call it nationalism, right? I'm going to wag my flag no matter what our country does. It can only ever do right. As Christians, we know that's not true. Or we can have our foot in the other camp that says, I just want to stay in my holy huddle over here. And as long as I'm with my people and we're looking right, then we're good. But the truth lies right there in the middle. Each and every one of us is broken. And each and every one of us needs a Savior. And every time, every time, Scriptures always tell us when we cry out to God, He is full of mercy and love. What if we brought that message into the world around us? No matter whom it is we meet, no matter how different from us they are, no matter there's probably some part of us that wants to shake our head, that we brought the message that we're all broken. And the good, good news, the great news is, God loved us so much that He sent His only Son. That in Him, we might not only be saved, but we might become citizens of His kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.